We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. This sermon has just, I didn't get to preach last week. It, it, this, this one has been, I, I've been building up to this. This is, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just exciting. That's my favorite word, right? Exciting. I'm excited. Um, water baptism. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a time of celebration. It's a time of of celebrating somebody giving their life to Christ, and it's a public confirm or public uh, proclamation. I am a Christian, a born again believer. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the grave, and lives within me. And I'm excited about this message this morning. Water baptism. Go ahead and turn with me if you have your Bibles. Go ahead and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter eight. Acts chapter 8, and uh, going to read uh, just a few past, few verses there, and um, I, I want to, I want to start by, by setting the stage. You'll stand for the reading of the word this morning. Let me, let me set the stage here before I read, before I read the, the passage. In chapter 8, if we go back and we look in, in verse 4, there is, uh, there's a revival that is going across the land. Philip is preaching the gospel. And if we read verse 4, it says, Now those, Acts chapter 8, verse 4, it says, Now those who were scattered, if we go back to Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, they were scattered from there, okay? Now they were, they were scattered and went about preaching the word. What is the word? Jesus. They were preaching Jesus, and it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. And when they heard him, they saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, carrying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lamed were healed. So there was much joy in the city. There's a lot to be joyful about, right? We've got unclean spirit. We've got people that are de- demon-possessed that are being set free. We've got people that are being healed from, from being paralyzed. We've got all these things that are happening. There is a revival taking place in the country of Samaria. Will we agree? Yes? Now, here's the part that is, that is very, it's not, it's not confusing. It's not it's not anything wrong with it, but this would be very difficult. When God's moving, when God's moving in a place that we are in, and then all of a sudden God asks you to leave, that would be very hard to do so, right? Are, we, are you with me? There is a revival taking place. Many miracles are happening, and now God says to Philip, you got to go. Last week, Jacob Jester, our, our, our friend and, 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 and minister, was here last week. He talked about go, right? We've got to go. When God says go, we've got to go. 
So let's go over to verse 26. It says, Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, I guess when that happens, it's, it, you can't argue with that. Right? Here the angel of the Lord appears and says, Now rise up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And it says, this is a desert place. No, nobody likes the desert. Jacob said last week they, lo- they learned to love the desert when they lived in Phoenix. It was hot. We went and, and was there with them in service once uh, in 2018, I believe. It was hot in Phoenix. It's hot. But Philip, the angel of the Lord says, go down to the, go to the south. This is a desert place. In verse 27, and he rose and he went. And it says, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. This guy was important. He was in charge of all the money of Queen Candace. This guy was, this was pretty good, pretty big guy. I mean, in, in high up in, in the officials. And it says he had came to Jerusalem to worship. But we need to understand, he's of a different belief. He's of a different religion. But he came to Jerusalem to worship. And as he was returning, seated in his chariot. Now, he had a smart horse. He was sitting down in his chariot. And it doesn't say that there was somebody else in there with him. But he was sitting down and the horse was just going on by himself. It says, and he was seated in his chair and was reading the prophet Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, which we're going to touch on here in just a second. And it says, and the Spirit said to Philip. So here's Philip in the desert, sitting on, I, I, this is my imagination. He's sitting on the, on the side of this little, maybe a sand dune. And he's thinking, okay, the angel said to come, now what? Just sit here? And here comes this Ethiopian eunuch in his chariot. And, he, and, the, and the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join the chariot. Now, I don't know how fast the chariot was going, but most times if, if the, the chariot was moving, you know, it's, it's moving pretty good, right? It says go over, so catch up to the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? God never sends you somewhere that he hasn't already prepared you to go for. Isaiah, I mean, uh, Philip, he's thinking, Why am I going to the desert? And now, why am I going to be talking to this guy? All along, God was setting the stage for something big. Verse, or at the end of that, he says, uh, and Philip invited him, and he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture, verse 32, that they were reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before the shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this? his generation? For his life is taken away from earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Verse 35, and it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning 
with the scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. In other translations, it says, and he preached Jesus to him. And he preached Jesus to him. It says, and they were going along in the road, and they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. Heavenly Father, I, I pray this morning for your anointing, not only over your word, but anoint me as your messenger today. Anoint those that are here today to, to hear the words, those that may be watching online to, to hear what you have for them, that they may be, be able to apply to their lives and to know and to understand what you are saying to us. We're going to be careful to, un, to, to listen to your voice. We're going to cling to every word that you have for us. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted a big amen. Amen. Can, can you imagine, can you picture this event taking place? Here's a, a, a chariot going across the desert, and then here comes the preacher man running up beside and says, Hey man, what's going on? What are you doing? I, I'm reading what, what Isaiah said. How, how can he says, Well, I understand what Isaiah's being said, what, what he's saying there. Can I can I jump on board? Yeah, come on. So he jumps up in the chariot. And they begin to preach, he begins to preach, he begins to share Jesus with him. You see, there's something that comes along with Jesus. There's something that comes along with that name. There's a power that resonates with him. There's an anointing that resonates with that name. Peter, or Philip sharing Jesus with this guy that had never read this before, had never uh, read or never heard of Jesus as is being shared to him. It says they come up on, a, on, on some water. They show, I mean, here's some water out in the middle of the desert. Now, when we, were in, when we were in Phoenix and we drove around the outer areas, there wasn't water, there wasn't like ponds or lakes or anything like that that I remember like you would see here. And it says, all of a sudden, they show up on a body of water, and the eunuch automatically says, well, there's some water right there. What's keeping me from being baptized? And Philip says, nothing. Let's go. So they commanded the chariot to stop. They both, it says, and they both went down into the water. They both went into the body of water, and it says, then, Philip baptized him. Baptized him. There are things that, along with baptism, there's some things that, that maybe are, are misunderstood or, or misinterpreted. Uh, but there, I, I want, I, there are three things in this passage that we need to understand before we get any further. Three things. Number one, the angel of the Lord appeared to Philip. We, we read that. We know that an angel appeared to him. says it in the scripture. Who believes what the word of God says? Number two, the spirit speaks to him and tells him to go to the desert. And he does. And the third thing, 
He speaks, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him again and tells him to go and to join the chariot. Now, those last two things, what is the, what is the, the key thing that drives this story? One of, the, one of the things that is driving this story is obedience. Number one, I mean, that's just it. That's just, bottom line, it is obedience. Philip is being obedient to the voice of God. Now, how many of us, this is where I want to challenge you today. How many of us are willing to be obedient to the voice of God no matter how crazy it may sound? Say, ah, Pastor, I, I don't know about that. You're asking me to do something that's crazy. I did it. We did it. We picked up our family and moved to a different continent. All because the Lord asked us to be missionaries, and we, we, we did what was, what was asked of us. We were obedient vessels. God will bless your obedience in every aspect of your life. It's not going to be easy, no. But it is very rewarding. It is something that you cannot even imagine. When you start seeing the hand of God moving in your life. Moving on your family's behalf. Moving on strangers, people that you never even met before. When you're obedient to God, just as Philip was being obedient, he was at the right place at the right. What's the chances of him meeting this guy in a chariot in the middle of a desert? It's all God. When you start trying to limit God, you start, you start putting limits on yourself. You start putting limits on the miracles that could possibly happen. The miracles. How many, how many of us today have, a, have something in our life that we need a miracle? You have a sickness in your body. You need a miracle. You have a financial need in your, body, in, in your life. You need a miracle. There are things in our lives where we are waiting on the miracles to take place. And what if somebody, what if you're the miracle for somebody else? What if you're the, what if you're the Philip to the person that is, to the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch that's going across the desert? What's the chances with God? There are no such thing as chances. It's divine appointments. There are no such thing as chances or coincidences with God. It's divine appointment. Misconceptions. Misconceptions about baptism. Some people say, it's no big deal. I can be saved without being baptized. Which, you know, it's, basically that's true. Basically that's true. But you cannot be obedient to the plan and the call of Christ if you're not baptized. Now, we have a, we have a, a bunch that is going to be, get baptized this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor, I've never been baptized. I'm an adult. I don't need to, all this stuff. Let me, let me, just, let me just say this. Cannot be obedient to the commandment of Christ without being baptized. And I'll clarify that in just a moment. Another thing that a misconception about baptism is some people say that you cannot be saved unless you're baptized. Both of these are incorrect to some extent. 
I'm not here to argue that that you have to be saved. You're not going to make heaven your home unless you're baptized. I know people that I've had conversations with people that you have to be baptized or you're not going to make heaven your home. I used to work with a guy. He was of a different denomination, and he said, he said, man, you, you, you have to be baptized in water if you want to make heaven your home. I said, okay, I threw out a scenario. I said, tell me this. You're on an airplane, and you're going, I don't know why it was an airplane. Some people have fear of flying anyway. Say you're in a, this is, this is what happened, okay? I said, you're in an airplane, and you're traveling to so-and-so, and you're sitting beside this person, you begin to witness to this person, you begin to tell him about the love of your life, which is Jesus Christ. You're sharing the plan of salvation. This guy, this gal gives their heart and life to God, and you're telling me that they have to immediately get baptized. Yep, they're not going to heaven unless they do. I said, okay, before you can get to the ground, you have a crash, a plane crash, and everybody on the plane dies. That person that just prayed the sinner's prayer, they're going to hell? Yes, sir. They're going to split hell wide open. True story. See, you can't tell me that that is going to be the truth. I believe, I believe that, yes, yes, you need to be baptized in a situation like that. But in order to fulfill the commandment that Christ has given us, we need to be baptized. Some of you, maybe you're thinking this morning, this, this pastor is off his rocker. There's no re- I'm going to give you some examples, some biblical truths that will change your mind before you leave today. The very first thing that Jesus did before he began his ministry is what? He got baptized. Scripture says, if you study the Scripture, you know that Jesus traveled more than uh, right around 60 miles to meet John the Baptist to be baptized. It's, it's, it's pretty safe to say it wasn't very handy for Jesus to travel 60 miles. It wasn't very convenient for him to travel, walk. And they didn't have Uber back then. I mean, we don't have Uber and Hector, but... Couldn't take a bus, couldn't take a train, couldn't take any, couldn't get on his motorcycle, couldn't get anything like that. He had to walk 60 miles. Who's ever walked 60 miles before? At one step, I saw a hand. I rode a bicycle 100 miles, and that like it killed me. Walked 60 miles to be baptized. Why? Because he was modeling it for us. He was saying, it is important that you get baptized. It's important. That was the first thing he did. The last thing that Jesus did on this earth, the very last words that he uttered before he left this earth in Matthew 28 and verse 19. We know it as the Great Commission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. And then what does he say? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You think Jesus is trying to say something? He did it the very first thing before he got started his ministry. In the very last words from his mouth, he says, go 
make and baptize. It is important for baptism in our life. What Jesus is saying here is, I want you to be baptized. In Mark chapter 1, verses 9 and 11, 9 through 11, I'm going to read that for you. If you want to turn there, you can. If not, you can just listen to what I read. Matthew, Mark chapter Mark chapter 1, sorry. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. It says, In those days came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized, and in those days Jesus came, and was baptized by John in the Jordan, and when he came out of the water, we know the story, it says immediately the heavens were opened and the, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. It is very obvious right here that submersion has taken place. That Jesus went into the water and it says, and when he came out of the water. Some translation says, and when he came up, out of the water. I know that there are some beliefs, there are some religions that believe that believe in sprinkling, some in, in other ways. I mean, I've, I've baptized people in many different ways. We, we in, in Ecuador, we, I loaded up my speed to light truck. I had over 30 Quechua adults in the back of my Ford F-150, in the back, in the bed, over 30 going up the mountain to have a baptism service in the lake in the volcano. Over 30. That's not counting the ones I had in the cab. I baptized in, in swimming pools. We had a, in our church in Quito, we had a, an elderly lady. She was up way up in her 80s. Couldn't get into the trough. It was a lot bigger than this. Couldn't get in it. She was, uh, she had given her heart over 80 years old, gave her heart and life to Jesus, and she said, I need to be baptized. Couldn't get her in the tub. So we just went and got a big tea pitcher and took water out of this and just dumped it over top of it. I know that's not submersion, but when you're given a situation, you just improvise, right? What do you do? Say, no, you can't. If you can't get in the tub, you can't get baptized. No. No. We do things differently. But the important thing to understand is that the importance of baptism is biblical. I said it wasn't convenient for Jesus to be baptized walking over 60 miles. So I get it. I do. I get it. It's not nobody wants to come. And people... Nobody wants to see. How many of you women, don't raise your hand. Guys, don't look at your wife. How many of you, when you go swimming, you don't get your hair wet because you don't want somebody to see your hair all messed up stuck to your head? I, I've known people that, that didn't. They don't want to get their hair wet. I get it. You went and got your hair done. You don't want to do that. I ain't getting in that water because somebody else has been in that water. We can make all kinds of excuses. It's not convenient. It's not easy. But we need to understand if Jesus can walk 60 miles to say, hey, I need this guy to baptize me, 
we can allow some inconvenience into our life to say, I need more than any. It doesn't matter about you, what you think about me. What needs to matter is that I need to let the world know, I need to let Jesus know that I am sold out to him and that I am being baptized because I want the blessings of God over my life. It can be awkward. It can. <clears throat> it can be awkward. Get up out of the water and all your clothes are stuck to you. I get that. But you have to put those things to the side. Put those things out of your mind. It will never be the right time for you to be baptized in your head. I mean, we can go back and we can look in, in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to tell you a story. We, know, we all know the story. Of, uh, if you don't, you can go back and read it. But there was a general by the name of Naaman. And I know this is, this is not actual baptism, but it's got the same things in it. It's my, I'm preaching. I can say what I want. So Naaman is this general, this big general in the army, and he's got leprosy. And his servant says, I wish he would go and see the prophet Elisha. I wish he would go. He can be healed. So we know that Naaman, he goes and he presents himself to, to Elisha. And Elisha says, okay, you need to go down to the river Jordan and dip seven times. And Naaman, he was put out. You want me to do what? Now, if it had been something, I think I've preached this before in a different message. But, I mean, I'm thinking Naaman, he's a general. He's a big, he's a big up there dude. He's got... You know, all the stars on his shoulder, and he's walking around. I'm a proud man. You don't tell me what to do. You just need to say it. And Elisha says, you need to go down to the river and dip seven times. Something that humbled this man. There was a humbleness that overcame Naaman. If you want to be healed, you need to be obedient. See, it all comes back to being obedient to him and to the word. If God says go, go. If God says do this, you do this. Being obedient is the most important thing that you can do in your life, not just kids, not just to your mom and dad. Y'all can thank me later for that plug. But being obedient to our Heavenly Father. Tells Naaman, go and dip seven times. We know the story. He dipped seven times. How awkward is that? This is where I was going to get in the tub and do that, but it's been a crazy morning, so I decided not to. Seven times. How awkward is it? You know, all right, here we go. One time. All the way. All the way. He gets back up. Second time, okay, this is getting old, right? Seven times. And on the seventh time, he said, the scripture says that when he came up, he had fresh skin like a baby. What if he'd have done six and a half? Would it have happened? No. Being obedient is the key in the story. Being obedient. 
baptism, biblical baptism requires a lot of water. Those that are getting baptized this morning, if you want to go ahead and make your way out the back, Pastor McKenzie will lead you and get you in position. What happens when you get baptized? I've already, I've already touched on it. What happens, it's a public confirmation. It's a public proclamation. You're letting mom and dad know. You're letting your neighbors know, grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles. You're letting everyone know. That you love Jesus. And they are confessing their sins. See, there's some things that have to be in place. They make a public confession saying, I am believing that Christ is in my heart. As I, as I begin to prepare for this a couple of weeks ago, I, not, not, not even knowing how many we were going to have, I begin to think of a situation that's, well, I asked Pastor Katie Joe to sing that song again this morning. I thank God. It's the only second Sunday that we've sang that. We sang it last week. We sang it this when we sang it today. And I begin to think of what actually happens in here. I know this is this is just a water trough, and I said earlier that I, I got it from Chris and Lena's hog farm, but I really didn't. It's brand new, smells good, no worries. But I begin to think about what actually happens in this tank. And it's a watery grave. It's a watery grave. I think I put my Bible up too fast, but... In Romans, Romans chapter 6, let me, let me get this back and I need, I need to read this to you. In Romans chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. So this is a watery grave. And these young people that are going to be baptized this morning, Scripture says in, in Romans that baptized unto his death. 
Jesus. It's a typification of a tomb. You go in dead, but you raised up new. Everything that is, and I need to, there's nothing miraculous about this water. Nothing. I didn't put any magic stuff in it. It's just water from Tri-County water. Nothing special. If you haven't given your life to Christ, this is just, I'm just going to, we're just going to get a bunch of people wet. Because you can go down a wet center and come up, or go down a dry one and come right back up as a wet one. But what this means is they're going down as a, as a typification of Christ's death. They're being placed in the tomb, and when they're raised back up, there is a newness. Why is there a newness? Because we need the freshness of God in our lives every single day. And if I continue to stay above that water, I still have death all over me. I still have stinky, nasty, just junk that the enemy has hung on me. But when I go down, I'm washing that off. So basically, we're having, we're fixing to have some funerals. But it'll be the best funeral that you've ever been to. Why? Because there ain't going to be nobody crying but the devil. Why? Because just like that song says, he's over there crying, I've lost another one. <laughs> you get this? this is what stirred me. He said, I've lost another child. I've lost a grip on that one that I had plans for, depression, anxiety. I've lost another one. I've lost another one that's going to be addicted to, to pornography. I'm going, I've lost another one that's going to be addicted to drugs. I've lost another one. The devil is going to be sitting in that corner, that corner, wherever, and he's crying. He's the only one that's going to be crying because hell has lost another one. Hell has lost another one. Why? Because I am free. They are free. I've been baptized twice. I'll just put that out there. I was, I was baptized up at the old rock crusher when I was a kid. But there was a time in my life that I strayed away from God. I was still a good guy. I went to church. I took my family to church. That didn't make me right in the eyes of God. And that's when Susan and I, we said, this is, this is new for us. This is a new start, a fresh beginning. And we both got baptized as an adult, as parents. Because we needed to let the world know. Now, look, it's not that the world needs to know, but let me, let me, if you're having second guesses on why you need to be baptized, look. It's like this thing I have on my finger right here. This does not make me married. You following me? This does not make me saved. 
But when you put things right in the eyes of God, Susan and I, we're fixing to sell it. And this coming Wednesday will be 28 years that God blessed me with this wonderful woman. I don't wear this to prove that I'm married. It, it proves that I belong to her. But I have a wedding, I have a marriage license or a marriage certificate that says I am married. Right? You following me? No? Are you asleep? Anybody, you want some water splashed on you? This, maybe you need to come get in it. We don't live that far. We can go get some extra clothes. This does not make you saved. But what it does say, when all things are lined up, that I am a child of the King. That He is my Lord. And He is my